Hello and welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is where we talk about money, investing and all things personal finance. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and it's my mission to help you make the best financial decisions because money is a tool, life is for living. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're well. We are entering into budget week, which means that the autumn statement is going to be coming out on Thursday. Um, as you'll know, that was delayed from the 31st of October to this week because I guess Rishi Sudak and Jeremy Hunt needed a little bit more time to have a look at the numbers and see how they're going to plug the hole. The hole that they're looking to plug is around about £60 billion, pounds, it is rumoured. So we're going to get that announcement on Thursday. Now, there has been a little bit of, I guess, leakage around what is likely going to be in this budget come this Thursday. And I will be doing um, a few videos on YouTube. I'll be on Channel 4 on Steph Pack Lunch to talk about that specifically. Um, but what I wanted to do in this episode is maybe just talk about some of the those few things that we already know about and um, try and signpost what they basically mean for Thursday. Um, it's very, very interesting indeed. I mean, one of the things that I've come to appreciate over the last three months maybe is the fact that there are quite a lot of people across the country who are relying on obviously the state and require help from the state in order to keep up with the cost of living crisis. This isn't a thing where it impacts just the lower end of society also impacts those middle earners, that middle part of society as well. And I think it's really important that we appreciate that. And one of the things that Jeremy Hunt and Rishi Sunak, or at least Jeremy Hunt said, was that they would try and take a passionate approach to how they would administer these spending cuts and the increase in taxes that we're going to see this week. And it's been really nice to at least hear that they're thinking about actually upholding that promise in what um, has kind of been leaked. So one of the things that has been linked leaked is the fact that they are going to, number one, keep the triple lock on the pension and they are going indeed to commit to the pension payments for state pension that is to go up by 10.1% in line with the current rate of inflation or CPI. That's extremely good news for people who are on state pension right now who have really, really suffered with the cost of fuel and energy prices. So that's really good news. The other thing that they're committing to increase by, again, 10.1% CPI inflation is benefits. So that will capture quite a lot of people who are, you know, receiving benefits right now who are struggling to make ends meet. And I, I take questions from people every single week on Steph Pack Lunch and I know how much of a positive impact this is going to have. Now, funny enough, last week, I actually did a poll on YouTube and I asked people, I said, the government next week will announce that it's that it will increase the state pension by 10.1% and benefits for the most in need by 10.1%. What do you think this is? And the options that I gave them were, do you think it's a good idea or we can't afford this? And I was very, very interested by the response because... I just thought that most people would think it's a great idea, but actually the voting was way closer than I thought it was going to be. So 53% of people thought that it was a great idea, and this is much needed in terms of health for people who are on state pensions and those people who are on, on benefit. But 47% of people said that they couldn't afford this. And it did surprise me that it was that close. I thought it would would have had at least maybe a 20-30% difference between the two. But what I do think it does is it highlights how acutely tuned in 
people are to the challenges that we're facing in terms of there is a fiscal hole of around about 60 billion pounds which we need to plug so the the question then becomes okay so great we're going to increase state pension by 10.1% and benefits by 10.1% but where does where does the money actually come from so it'll be interesting to see what the tax element of the of the autumn statement is going to be on Thursday. Now we do know that there are a couple of things that have been mooted and the first one is potentially um, them having a look at capital gains tax. So with capital gains tax if you have stocks for example or you have property that you sell for a profit you have to pay tax on the profit. Now there is a capital gains allowance at the moment which is £12,300 so anything over the £12,000 that you get in a gain as a byproduct of you selling your property or selling your stocks is then taxable and the rates are different depending on whether you're selling property or whether you've sold sold stocks so on property it's 18% for basic rate taxpayer then it's 28% for a higher rate taxpayer. On stocks, it's 10% for basic rate taxpayer, then it's 20% for a higher rate taxpayer. So it's a big tax take. I think the government took something like 14.1 billion pounds in 2020, 2021 tax year by capital gains tax. So that is on the table for discussion. Now, we don't know clearly how they're going to tackle this they've got a number of options essentially so the first thing they could do is they could reduce the allowance the tax-free allowance from twelve thousand three hundred pounds maybe down to ten thousand or eight thousand pounds a number lower than the current threshold that will mean that you will pay taxes at a level lower than previously which will bring more people into that tax bracket so that is a a potentially an option that they have a look at the other option that they could have a look at is actually to increase the rate so on property they might increase it from 18 percent to 20 percent for beta gate payers and they might take it from uh, 28% to 30% for high rate taxpayers. We don't know just yet. And the same thing for stocks. It might go from 10 to 15, 20 to 25. We don't know. But those are the options that they have available to, available to them to explore. There was one other thing that was mooted, which I'm not really too sure would go down too well. So right now, if you have a residential property that you're living in, it's your primary home, your primary residence. If you sold the house and you wanted to, I don't know, upsize, for example, or just move, you wouldn't have to pay capital gains tax on the gain that you have on your property. So you could have bought your property for £200,000, uh, lived in it for six years, and it's worth three fifty. right? You've got a £150,000 gain. Right now, you don't have to pay any tax on that, on that gain, on that capital gain. So one of the things that they are thinking about changing is now making that taxable. That, I'm sure, would go down very poorly with a lot of people who have spent a lot of time trying to get on the property ladder and a lot of people who end up selling properties they want to upgrade and that means that if you tax that gain they have less money going into the new property which means more mortgages and stuff and some of the stuff that I was reading was that if they did do this it is likely that they would have to offset it with some kind of discount on stamp duty for other homes that you might go and buy a second home or third home that you might go and buy if you're looking to trade up 
But even still, I think it would be a very bitter pill to swallow for people who may be looking at trading up houses or selling houses because they wanted to relocate, move, they're breaking up with partner, all kinds of, of circumstances. I think it would be very, very unpopular. So we might see that on Thursday, we might not. But I think one of the, the things that we can expect is that there will be um, a look at capital gains tax specifically, either on the allowances or the tax rate, or maybe a combination of the two, because everything is on the table right now. So that's one of the things that we know might be coming along on Thursday. The other thing that uh, might be coming along on Thursday is a look at dividend tax. So with dividends, if you own a company or you own stocks and you're getting a dividend, currently you've got a £2,000 allowance. So you can earn £2,000 before you start paying uh, a dividends on essentially your dividend payment, right? Um, there is a there is a conversation at this point in time that it is likely that they will reduce the dividend allowance from 2000 down to £1,000, which will pull more people into that tax bracket. And it's really unfortunate because dividends used to be at £5,000 back in 2017, right? And we've seen it reduced down to £2,000. And if you if you run a business or you're a company director, you may be paying yourself in dividends because naturally dividends is a little bit more attractive in terms of being able to get money out of, of your company and paying yourself in that way. Um, but it feels as though that is likely going to be changing now. And again, they might have a look at either reducing the allowance from 2000 to 1000 pounds, or they could potentially just simply increase the, uh, the rate that you pay on dividends and the rates have, are different. We've actually just seen uh, a recent increase in the dividend rate. So hopefully they don't touch that. There was a lot of talk about them essentially trying to bring it up in line with um, the uh, income rate of taxes, which would be one hell of an increase. So I don't think that that will happen, or at least we hope that it doesn't happen because it will be quite uh, it will be quite a big jump indeed if they did do that we do know that they are toying around with freezing the income rates at this point in time so obviously you have a personal allowance of 12500 pounds anything under that it, well 12570 roughly anything below that you can earn tax free but anything above that heading into 50000 pounds roughly is now going to be uh, taxed at 20 20 20% if you're earning over 50000 pounds and i think it's 270 um, then you're going into the higher rate tax threshold of 40p it is likely it is rumored that they're going to reduce that threshold from just over 50000 pounds probably to around about the mid 40,000 region, which will pull more people into the 40% tax bracket than uh, than normal because you'd go from 20% if you're earning 45,000 pounds up to paying 40% in taxes. So we know that there are going to be some extensive changes and some really big announcements coming on Thursdays. Those are just a few that are being muted. And I think, it will be interesting to see how 
this is taken, whether it's taken positively, how much they're going to be able to 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 give back. Um, people were talking about, you know, the pension lifetime allowance being reduced from one million pounds. I mean, it's been reduced quite significantly when you look at it from a historical uh, point of view. You know, the allowance used to be at one point five million pounds. It's now at one million pounds. So where's the incentive for people to pay into a pension if they reduce the lifetime allowance there are conversations of whether they would actually reduce the ISO allowance I personally don't think that they will um, but again as Jeremy Hunt already said there is there's a there's there isn't anything that isn't on the table right now the fiscal hole that they have to fill is around about 60 billion pounds roughly and we already know that they're looking at 50 percent coming from spending cuts 50 percent coming from tax rises the question that a lot of people are asking is will they introduce some kind of wealth tax um gary stevens stevenson who has been on this podcast he's an economist he's uh an in in inequality um economist essentially he has already muted ideas saying that we should have a one percent uh tax on wealth over 10 million pounds whether that will happen i i just don't see um happening i don't feel as though there would be the appetite for that as a as, as positive and as common sense as that sounds, given where we are. But I'm not in politics. I can't influence party politics. But I think from speaking to a lot of people, a lot of people are of that thinking that we need some kind of wealth on tax, tax on wealth, <laughs> tax on wealth, in order to be able to, you know, balance the books and try and rebuild uh, some of the broken system that we're experiencing right now. People will agree and disagree, but that's those are some of the things that are being muted. One thing that we do know that is likely going to come out again on Thursday is windfall tax on the energy giants, Shell and BP specifically. I mean, those two companies have again reported bumper profits up significantly from this time last year so i wouldn't be surprised if we're seeing some kind of windfall tax on the profits of these energy producers um, to help combat and at least maybe fund an energy intervention come april what we do know is that energy prices on the wholesale market have started to fall quite significantly so hopefully we're going to start seeing that in energy prices come april when we get back around to the price cap uh, revision we have seen mortgage prices start to come down a little bit over the last week or so i need to speak specifically about that and that's going to be a relief for a lot of people who again are going to have mortgages mature next year i'm one of them there are two million fixed rate mortgages coming off their fixed deals uh, next year and if interest rates continue to rise um as we expect them to, then potentially we're going to see a lot of people come off their fixed rate and not be able to afford the repayment on their mortgage because of mortgage rates increasing so so much. Um, I still think it's time to have a look at this now um, because you'd rather act sooner rather than later. But knowing in the news this week that we started to see maybe mortgage rates start to come back a little bit, retrench a little bit, is welcoming news right now. Um, so we'll see what happens. It, Thursday is going to be a very, very interesting day. And it's also going to be interesting to see how the markets react to 
to the autumn statement. Do we get a positive bounce? Do we get a negative response from it? We just don't know. One thing that I do know, and I can be confident of, just given by the language that Jeremy Hunt and Rishi Sunak have, have used is, we need to continue to build confidence within the market. And one of the most important elements of this is that the Office of Budget Responsibility signs off on this budget in the fact that it actually balances on both sides of the book, which means that whilst we need to be also be focusing on a growth, and I don't know how they're going to do this, I don't know how they're going to reduce spending, increase taxes, and still be able to deliver growth. Um, it will be interesting to see the detail of it and how the markets, how the pound respond to the statement on Thursday. It is all eyes on Thursday right now. Um, we'll know later on during the week, I guess, uh, as we get closer to Thursday, whether or not there'll be more information coming out. I'm going to be on pack lunch, or at least I'm scheduled to be on pack lunch on, on Thursday to give uh, just an overview, a breakdown of the news coming out of the budget. I will then do a live on YouTube that evening just to cover some of the detail that we do know. But um, yeah, it's it's all hands on deck right now and everybody watching, paying attention to the budget on Thursday. Um, that was the main thing that I wanted to talk about this week on the podcast. Um, if you've been paying attention to the crypto space, I've been speaking about this on, on YouTube. I've only done a couple of videos on it because I just wanted to give my opinion on it. But, you know, people are asking me and so I'll speak about it here as well. You know, FTX, another, another crypto exchange has, has basically gone bankrupt, um, taking with it a lot of people's money. And um, we're, I'm astounded by the level of um, unaccountability, the fact that the company didn't have any, didn't have a board, the fact that people like BlackRock and Sequoia Capital actually invested in this thing, knowing that there wasn't a board to steer the company, to make decisions. And it turns out that Sam Bankman Freed was using client money to bail out his his other company, Alameda Research, and there was all sorts of leveraging and trading with custom money, custom customer money, which should have been in a segregated account. This is all because of the lack of regulation in the crypto space. And it's something that I have spoken about a number of times. I've spoken about it twice on YouTube. And there seems to be two camps. There are the diehard crypto people who believe that they can this can carry on that we can just continue to have an, a crypto space without any regulation and there are those that are now coming back to the idea or at least coming around to the idea that we need some regulation in this space I and mean, we've had too many bankruptcies too many failures over the last six months for us to allow this to happen again voyager celsius you know now we've got um ftx and this isn't you know um this isn't by mistake this is negligence this is stuff that if it was regulated they never would have been able to to get away with because they would have had a regulator on their back um making sure that they weren't doing anything untowards making sure that they are treating client money in the way that they should you know not having enough liquid liquidity to cover collateral you know to cover your your capital requirements is is unthinkable and because it's crypto it feels as though these old ideas of 
governance and regulation don't apply because it's new technology and therefore new rules need to be applied. And to a certain extent, I do agree. I think some of the rules that we have at the moment need to be written specifically for the crypto space. And it doesn't necessarily fit. But with that being said, I think that where we find ourselves right now, regulation is essential. Regulation is coming down the track, whether people like it or not. Um, and it's a shame, really, because we now have a guy who... Um, was trying to buy politicians, was just doing all sorts of dodgy stuff, who was basically set back the the mission of crypto, helping the unbanked, the the technology, and just the the all of the hard work that has happened set it back several years now. Trust has been damaged. Too many people have lost money really this year on crypto. And it's it's really unfortunate. And the danger that we have now is that because all of this is so interconnected interconnected we don't know whether there is going to be collateral damage with other firms also now being affected by the fact that, you know, the amount of money lost is in the, in the billions, right? So we don't know where the contagion is going to end. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting watching the crypto space over the next month or so, because the SEC, the midterms are over now, the SEC are going to turn to looking at this properly with regulation being part of things and moving forward. And that's an unfortunate thing to say. I still have a little bit of money in, in Bitcoin. Um, it's just unfortunate. Luckily, I don't have all of my money in Bitcoin because on this podcast, we talk about diversification. Yes, it's okay to be excited about something that's new and shiny, but Inevitably, when something's new and shiny, you always have these kind of issues that pop up. And unfortunately, without regulation, you never really know what is going to happen. And I'm not saying that regulation is the perfect solution. But regulation does offer some protection to the people who are participating in the market, customers, you and I, normal people who are looking at these things as a means to fund our life in some way, shape or form. But yeah, there we go. This is the episode for this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. It's relatively short. I wish you the best this week. Very, very busy. Please do come and find me on YouTube. I'll be on uh, Step Back Lunch on Tuesday and on Thursday, unless they cancel the budget review. But as long as I'm, uh, as far as I'm aware right now, it is still going ahead. So see you next week and I will speak to you on Monday. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people closest to you. New to investing? Check out Peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need. If you prefer one-on-one -on -one coaching, book a complimentary discovery with the man himself. All links in the show notes.